Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the most in my house every single day, working from home the same day, every day, every day's the same day, tomorrow will be the same day as every other day, podcast on the internet, Made Man, where today, this morning, I just finished watching episode 11 of season 7 of Mad Men, Time and Life. Ooh, Time and Life. Those are magazines. I mean, I think there's... Like, currently, Time Magazine, I think, is still a thing. And Life might be an online thing. Or maybe they're all online. I have no idea. But before we get talking more into today's episode, let's take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. Yum, yum, yum. Orange juice is good. It's Tuesday morning. I'm having breakfast. And I just watched Time and Life, so let's talk about today's episode. Today's episode opens up in a nice um, restaurante where we see Pete and Ken having dinner. Uh, and there's a third table made, but it's not open yet. And I love this because this is Ken's um, reckoning. This is Ken's moment. Not Not this exact moment, but... This episode, he gets to be like, you guys are jerks, screw you. Um, first, he gets to do it to Pete. So they're having um, dinner there and the, he, you know, they're whining and dining Ken. And he's having Ken's wonderful wine, this, this wine that he loves. And Pete's like, oh, you know, he's giving Ken a hard time. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like that. And Pete's, you know... The whole, like, client, oh, well, this and this, and we're good with this, and blah, 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 and giving him the old, you know, smiley, glad hand that he does. And, you know, Ken's like, I don't know about this, and, you know, I don't know about that. And then Don shows up, and Pete's like, you know, Ken keeps saying that, you know, this chemical makes you think of people pooping. And Don's like, don't think like that. And Ken goes, okay. Ken just wanted to give Pete a hard time. He has no ill will against Don. He just wanted to uh, give it to Pete, which was I loved. I thought it was pretty great. Um, Don comes home then afterwards, and he actually he's you know in his sparsely patio furniture apartment, uh, which he's still in at the moment, checking checking his phone calls because he always seems to be getting calls from women's, and he's got two messages from Diana Bauer, who is the waitress. That we that he's was having a little tryst with. Uh, she left two messages, and the woman's like, "Oh, geez, I'm sorry. The, she wasn't even supposed to. No, she didn't leave any messages. She called twice, and the woman said, "Oh, I'm sorry. She, we weren't even supposed to take those messages. Did she leave a number? She did not leave a number. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Draper. So, she the woman called thinking about Don. Maybe she called. Well, we'll get there, but maybe she called for a specific reason." But once she couldn't get through to Don, she was like, um, I don't even want him to know that I called. Never mind. And Don's like, let me let my phone calls come through for the rest of the night. Because Don's thinking, mm, maybe she'll call back. Maybe I'll uh, I'll have a moment to see her. Now, the next morning, uh, we're in Sterling Cooper and Roger opens up some mail. And this is where we see the major story of today's episode. And quite possibly the finish line of all these characters start to um, 
start to come into fruition. They have a letter in the mail that they their their lease is up. Their lease has been hasn't been paid and it's being ended. And Don obviously thinks there's a major problem. I mean, uh, Roger thinks there's a major problem. So he's like, get the secretaries in here now. Get Don in here, the office manager. Um, he's ready to to fire them and get, start some real trouble. Um, then I'm I'm actually going through the episode, uh, not by memory, but I just watched it and I'm going through um, the scrubbing through it. So. That's why I remember I'm that's why I'm going in order and I'll remember something as little as Don riding up an elevator filled with mothers and kids because it looks like they're all going into Sterling Cooper together for some sort of audition. I would say the smallest um, story of this episode deals with Pete and Trudy uh, and it's really kind of like a personal thing with um, their daughter Tammy. So why don't we just kind of why don't we just get through this whole thing now? Because it's it's nice for character building. Um, it's an unwanted, unneeded stress that that Pete seems to be worrying about right now. But it really doesn't matter. I know that's mean to say, but I, I just you know I don't care that much. So um, Trudy calls Pete directly, and she's all upset because she, uh, Tammy didn't get into this prestigious school and pete's like a oh, campbell's been going here for generations i'll take care of it blah 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 i want to come to the meeting because pete thinks he can talk his way uh into or out of anything um so uh they go to the you know what is it weird to get this out of order well i'm just gonna say it so they go to the meeting with a school with the school guy and the school guy is like i'm sorry there's Obviously, there's been some sort of mix-up. Um, and, you know, Campbell's been going here for years. And the guy goes, well, you didn't go. He goes, yes, but they've been going here since this was a barn or something like that. And, um, you know, the guy starts giving them a hard time, saying, Tammy didn't do good on her draw a man. She just drew a mustache and a tie. And Pete's like, a mustache? So I think the first thing Pete is thinking of is, who is this mustache man that's around my daughter? Um, but then, you know, uh, Tam- yeah. Trudy's like, oh, I think, you know, she does better than most people. And your, your wife was arrogant. She didn't apply for another school. And then it turns out that the real reason this guy was denying them is because of some age-old, year-old rivalry between his family and the Campbells. And the Campbells kill, killed all of his family. Um, and Pete was like, that was on order of the king. And the guy was a real jerk to Trudy. And then Pete punched the guy. This was that was the one moment where I thought Pete was actually like I didn't hate Pete in this episode, um, <clears throat> but he punched the guy right in the face, and he went back to Trudy's um, house with her, and they just had a nice little moment. And she's like, "You should stay and see Tammy." He's like, uh, "He looks like he's afraid to see his own daughter." Uh, she wasn't there, but um, as it ended with that, he was like, "You know what? I'll I'll make a phone call." And she's like, you think you could do that, basically? And he's like, you know, money talks. So that was really it for that part of the storyline. And, that, you know, I think Pete punched um, this fella not only because of dealing with Trudy, not only because of this stupid uh, family thing, but I think of all the stress that Pete is feeling right now because of the big news um, with this whole thing with the lease. So why don't we jump back to that? Um, oh yeah, there's another storyline. These little storylines that are like character building, but not total, you know, plot driven. So anyway, 
we'll get to that other story later. That has to do with uh, Peggy and those kids. Um, so uh, Joan brings Dawn and um, I can't think of the other girl's name. And I think I just learned his secretary's name, Caroline, I believe, is today. Uh, I just learned that today, so I'll always I'll automatically forget it. But it brings them all in, and and uh, he's like, "Oh, good, you're here. Great, you're fired." And they're like, "Wait, this you know I just found out myself." So Don didn't forget to pay the bill. Nothing was done on their parts. So they had nothing to do with it. McCann Erickson has canceled the lease. So we cut over. Um, they're like, "What the hell's going on?" And Pete and um, he's like, "I'll take care of it." He'll call McCarran Erickson and figure it out. Meanwhile, the meanwhile in that is going on um, in this, and I feel like let's just get through this right now, is that Peggy is doing some sort of um, testing with kids. Uh, her and Stan are working on with a for some sort of client, and they're testing toys and they're testing kids. So they have a bunch of kids in for an audition. Um, oh, so it's right. They're not just testing toys, but they're bringing these kids in for an audition, uh, and they bring the kids in, um, and Stan laughs. He goes, you don't even like kids. And that bothered Peggy. Uh, later on, they, they're, they're, you know, in the audition with the kids and Pete, um, you know, Peggy's watching them like, okay, why don't you just all play, play like we're not here. And then they sit down. And the kids are just all nervous, and she's like, what, what's going on? And, and Stan's like, you wanted kids, not actors. Kids are shy. They're not going to be, you, you need to talk to them like they're people. And then Stan comes over all cool, and he's like, how long, how far can you throw that ball? And the kid throws the ball, and everyone's laughing, and the kids, that kind of breaks the ice. And I think it bothered Peggy that she couldn't get through to these kids uh, like that. So later on, there, Stan and Peggy are working, and we see a kid left behind. And she's like, "Oh, my mother will pick me up later, um, you know, because my other, my son, my brother is at an, uh, another audition, because that's what this mother does: brings her kids to auditions constantly to try to get them work." Um, and while she's sitting there, like Harry has this big explosion, and he calls some guy an asshole over the phone. And there's all this work going on, and all this adult stuff happening, uh, not like 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 dirty, but just like grown up stuff going on around this girl that might seem a little intimidating. Uh, and they're like, come on, come downstairs with us. You don't, you don't need to be here. Um, they bring the kid downstairs and they're working in the office, uh, talking about, oh, actually, you know, when they're in the office, Peggy, um, I can't even, I, I feel like I'm jumping ahead, but Ke Peggy tells Stan the big news that Peggy heard from, from Pete. I'm, this is what happens when I go out of order. Peggy tells Stan the big news that, um, they, so Peggy tells Stan the news that she heard from Pete that no one was supposed to know at all. And that's, um, you know, they're talking about going, not going. And while this happens, and um, the girl accidentally staples her own finger and starts bleeding. And this is when the mother shows up. And the mother gets mad at Peggy. And Peggy gets mad at the mother. And she's like, you do what you want with your kids. I'll do what I want with my kids. And that seemed to, like, you know, bother Peggy. And the girl left at the mother leaving and um, Stan's like, okay, all right, don't, don't have to worry about it. It's nobody's fault. And then Peggy goes, F her. You know, she says the actual F word. I don't know if it was like that on AMC, but it certainly was on Netflix. Uh, and 
you could see that it really bothered her. And then they have a little conversation later um, where <clears throat> they, um, Peggy's like, you know, I like kids. And, you know, who is she to judge me? And Stan's like, look, it wasn't in the cards for you. Um, you know, some people, now you have your career to focus on. That's that's fine. You have plenty of things. And you can see it really bothered Peggy. She's like, you, you don't, people don't know. We don't know how, you know, who knows how, how what, what's the difference between a young woman and a young man and this and that, the decisions they made. And young women have to do this and they should be able to make decisions and have the same, you know, uh, thing that a man has. And you can see that Stan was like, huh? And Stan's like, what, 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 what did you do? And that's when she, he realized that she was kind of opening up to him. Um, these two have a nice relationship. And um, she told the truth. She actually opened up to him and said, you know, I don't, I, he's with a nice family. I don't know where. Um, and I guess that you're not supposed to know so that you can move on. Um, so that was really something that she opened up to him and uh, told him who, you know, who uh, told them um, the truth that, that she had, had, had a child. And he's like, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. And she's stands up and she's like, well, you don't know lots of things about lots of people. And that's the point. Stan stands up next to her and looks at her and says, no, it's not. And you can just see that he's like, you're not just anybody. You're my friend. And this comes through later on in the episode uh, when right before a big meeting is supposed to happen. He call, She calls Stan in his office and she's in her office and... Um, they're like, uh, can you just stay on the phone? He's like, yeah. And you remember the old days when she worked at the other, she worked at um, the uh, D GCC, I think it was called. Um, and she used to call over to Stan and they used to just, they used to just talk. You could see they just leave the phone on and they talk for a while. Um, and that's when Peggy, that's how Peggy actually used that because uh, she overheard something and she used that. Uh, against Sterling Cooper once, which was pretty sneaky, sis. Um, but I just like that their relationship is they are they're really close and they're really good friends. Uh, and that's really it for, for for them alone. So why don't we jump back to the meat, the meat of this episode, which is starting with that lease. So um, Roger calls over to McCann. He's like, "There's been some sort of a mistake," and the guy's like, "Oh, um." Oh, no, no, no. Actually, this is this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This was... Look at... Uh, this was supposed to be the last thing that happened, not the first thing that happened. So he calls the guy, and Roger's like... The guy's like, Oh, you! I wish you didn't find out this way. You weren't supposed to find out this way. Um, you, we're bringing you in. We're bringing you in. So it turns out that McCann Erickson is dissolving Sterling Cooper into them. It looks, uh, Roger's like, Roger's thinking the name, the place, they like their location. He's like, it doesn't make sense for us to have a second location. Paying, paying a second staff, that makes sense. That's, that's fine, paying all the people, but paying for a second location uh, doesn't make any sense. And you could just see Roger dejected. Um, and they're like, we're going we're gonna to have a meeting with you guys about this. We'll talk about this. And he hangs up the phone, and you could just see Joan, like, give him a hug. Just like she was there. She saw it, the upset on their face. Um, they First thing, they go right into Pete to uh, Don's office. Don's like, uh, 
what's going on? And he's like, I need a drink. You want a drink? And then they bring in Ted. They bring in Pete. They bring and then Joan comes in. So these are all the partners that are left. Meredith is like, what's going on? And they're like, can you please leave? They kick Meredith out. Um, but she already she knows something's up. And they're afraid. They're like, you tell him. No, you tell him. They don't want to tell him what's going on. And then boom, they bring the hammer down. That they're they tell the news that they're being dissolved. They're being, um, you know, uh, uh, taken in into into the new uh, McCann Erickson. Don just looked like hmm, resigned, and he's like, "Anyone else want a drink?" And Pete's like, "A drink? We're we just gonna drink this." He goes, "I'm not going." And Joan's like, uh, "Yeah, you you are you." You um you have a four year contract and a no and a non compete and Pete's like I didn't agree to any of this and Don's like yeah you did the moment we sold them uh, Sterling Cooper Pete was angry Ted was like well, I like it over there and Pete's like it's because you're a sheep and Roger's like knock it off he doesn't even he's like you know he doesn't it was like his kind of thing of like now's not the time to do this now's not the time to talk about this we have a we have a meeting tomorrow. And that's, you know, before then, uh, it doesn't leave this office, you know, keep it between us, which does not happen at all. Um, in fact, I think the first thing that happens, Pete leaves the office and the first thing he does is get Peggy, which I have to say, I kind of loved. Pete is a, you know, I always called Pete a sociopath. I always called Pete a, Pete a creep. But it's like the one thing that humanizes him, the one thing that makes him, um, to me, like almost sympathetic or likable is his connection with Peggy. I mean, let's be honest, that child that they're talking about, that's Peter and Peggy's child. That is, you know, it's funny. I, I, I sometimes forget that. And this is their child. And though that was their child, that they don't know where he is or what he's doing. And, um, yeah, I think that that has always kept them connected. And Pete goes and gets Peggy right away and says, come into my office. I have something to tell you. And she, she could tell right away that something's up. And he tells her, tells her the truth, tells her what's going on. Um, which, you know, and Pete's, um, Pete's upset about, he doesn't know what's going to be happening over there. I mean, sure, it's Pete's just worried about Pete, but he, well, he, he's like, how is this going to affect me? And it, it, by the end of the conversation, Peggy is like consoling Pete, like, you'll be, you'll do great, you'll do great. And he's like, this can't leave this room, which, um, you know, Peggy doesn't uh, hold to because later on in the episode when Peggy and, and Stan are talking about the kid and they're in the office with the kid, uh, she tells Stan. So, it gets from Peggy to it goes from uh, Pete in the office with the partners who weren't supposed to tell anybody who was and they didn't except it got to Peggy and Peggy got to um, uh, to Stan and then also remember the secretaries that were in Roger's office you no know, Don uh, the office manager and the other woman who I never remember her name the other African American woman there they know too and they were sworn to secrecy but they know so together so it's only so long before. The word gets out. Um, Joan is just kind of like, it seemed like Joan is upset. She goes to um, call her boyfriend. 
that same guy from the previous episode, and she's like, "I just had some pretty upset, you know, work news." He's like, "That's well, okay. We can we can talk about it when I'm there tomorrow." And she's like, you, "I didn't know you're going to be here." And he gets he yells to his secretary, "Get me on the first red eye." He goes, "Now you know." So he's dropping whatever the hell he's doing and going just to see Joan, which I thought was nice. He must still be out in California, obviously. Um, then the funniest moment of the episode, I think, happened. Meredith is like, what's going on? And Don's like, don't worry, it's just personal. Oh, there's a phone call for you. It's um, it's Lou Avery. And Lou calls and he's like, I just want to let you know that I, I'm going. And Don's like, you know? He goes, well, I figured, of course I know. Um, and Don thinks he's talking about the the McCann, um, uh, what, do you, what do you want to call it? Like a, um, a choir mint? No, that's not it. But no, the, the, um, the, what is it? The, I don't know what it is, but it's the takeover, whatever you want to call it. That's what uh, Don thinks uh, Lou is talking about. But no, 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 no. Lou is talking about his cartoon, his cartoon, his little comic strip, um, uh, whatever the hell it was called. The, um, the, the, it was like a Beetle Bailey knockoff. Um, He is the, the Japanese, um, the people who do speed race are taking him and doing, making a cartoon out of his little comic strip. And he's going to Japan. He's moving to Japan. And he's like rubbing it in his, his face. And Don's like, okay, great, cool. I don't really care. And hangs up on him. Which, um, but that means that the California offices are empty. And you could see right away Don Draper um, lying down. And I'm like, the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. The wheels on the bus. That's not right. Wheel in the sky keeps on turning. That's more like it. Uh, he he gets all the partners in the office. And he's about to draw the curtains. And Joan's like, you know, that actually looks worse at, uh, if you're drawing the curtains. He's like, you're right, you're right, you're right. He brings all the partners in the office. And his big plan is California. You know, they don't want to pay for this here. Apparently, they're paying for California themselves, I guess. I, I'm, I'm just, that's what I assume is happening. Because Don's like, look. We have all these conflict of interest clients. We have, um, I want to say Sunkist, but what, whatever different clients they have that, you know, Burger, Burger Barn, um, that won't, that McCann can't take because they have bigger company clients already. So what if we kept them and moved out to California and, um, you know, we had the, the West out there um, and we just kept those clients and the conflict of interest that'll still be bringing money in um, at a fraction of the cost to McCann Erickson. And they're like, okay, all right. They, you can see they're kind of into it. Ted does not want to go back to California. You can see that. And they're like, fine, we need a man here. That's perfect. They'll like that. They, they like you. Um, and it seems like they have a plan. They have a plan once again to save Sterling Cooper. Uh, they've done it before. They've done it a number of numerous times. And now they have another plan to do it again. Uh, so, but just in case, uh, Peggy has a, a headhunter over at her office, like a career a headhunter, a job placement specialist. I don't know what you want to call this guy. Uh, and the character, the actor looked familiar. I don't know why, but he looked familiar. Uh, and they're just over there kind of, she brought the guy there, um, to help her start looking for jobs. And he's like, look, I have to be honest with you. I think the job you should take is at uh, McCann Erickson. They're a great company and uh, you'll be making so much more money. Um, so it was like his, he took it as his responsibility as, cause she's like, you have a lot, you have, you know, <clears throat> you have all this experience with no degree. People are going to love you. Um, and she's like, great. Oh, so where do you think we should go? And he's like, McCann, 
you know, after everything, you know, he's building her up. She's all excited, and he thinks you should take them. You, that is the best place to work. Uh, and you can see that it's kind of a conflict. She, she's conflicted about it, but um, you know, she she's um, it seems like she's open. She's not completely closed to to leaving and moving on. They bring um, Roger and um, and Pete bring uh, Ken into a uh, hotel. They they got a suite. Uh, they got him his, the, that same bottle of wine that he loved from the beginning of the episode. They got him all this food, and they're ready to talk to him about this big moment about them taking their client and coming with them to the West Coast so that they don't lose them because they know their business, that they're good at them. And Ken's like, um, well, I'm kind of new there, so I'm you know I know I'm I know you guys, but I'm still the new guy there, and a big change like that, um, you know, you know that's. I'm not sure that they're they're up for that. And Roger and Pete think they could talk Ken into anything. And this, after years, after losing his eye, after losing these positions, after getting fired eventually, um, this is the moment where Ken goes, guys, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. No. And then he gets up and then he leaves. And I wonder if that's the last time we ever see Ken. If it is, I love it. That was just a way to be like, you know, you guys screwed me, and now screw you. And he walked off, and um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, he just he he took his glass of wine, he got a little drink of the great bottle of wine, and he was out of there. Uh, we had a moment where um, Donna Ted are look like they're working late and hanging out, um, just the two of them. And it was like, you could see that Ted, it was a character moment because Ted talked about how he does not want to go to California. He's met someone here that he knew in college and she's, you know, she's bright and she's beautiful and it seems like he's really take, and his ex-wife is in California and Roger and Don's like, yeah, so is mine. Um, but the reason obviously is that he's met someone and he's, he's, he wants to be, um, he wants to stay here for that special lady. Uh, then Joan comes in and tells um, them that Ken was a no, and Don's like, "Let me talk to him." Joan's like, "No, it was uh, it was quite final. It was quite final. Let me tell you that." Um, so the next morning, they're all ready to go to their big meeting, have their big pitch, um, and they're you know, it's like this is it. This is the moment where they're going to save Sterling Cooper again. Uh, meanwhile, I was talking about the. Um, the uh, Peggy let Stan know about what was going on, and she says, "You know, you could you could come, you should you you could." Um, oh, actually, that was later on when they were talking on the phone. And he's like, "You should you should come, uh, you know, you should come and take the job too." Uh, and she's like, "Really? I, I don't know, but I think Peggy wants Stan there. If Peggy's going, she'd be much more comfortable with Stan being there." Uh, but let's go over to McCann Erickson, and <clears throat> they they're like, "Gentlemen, come on in." And the two guys are like, "What is going on? We're here to talk to you." And all of a sudden, there's an easel, and there's a presentation. They have all these uh, these these um, poster boards ready to give a presentation. They get through one slide, and they're like, "Let me let me stop you right there." So right when he said, "Let me stop you right there," I'm thinking, "This is it. This is the time. This is the one time um, that it's not going to work." Their 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 idea, their little scheme, their little like. Um, plan is not going to come to fruition. He's like, listen, this was, um, you know, I want to tell you that this, you're, you're, you're coming here 
to have some of the five prestigious jobs. And that, that's what confused me. I was like, wait, are they only giving them five jobs and firing everyone else? That doesn't seem to be the case. I think he's telling, then I realized he's telling them, you five are going to get five prestigious jobs. And he starts naming off clients like um, Pharmaceutical and uh, Nabisco and Coca-Cola. And you could see Ted was like, he was like, yeah, I love this. But they realized the rest of them, it's like, this isn't going to work. We are losing everything. We're being acquired. And um, this is, this is um, the end. And then it just shows a shot of all, you know, five of them standing there, the final five um, partners. And it's like, this is how it ends. Followed up by a round of drinks. What, what, what can you do? When all else fails on Mad Men, you drink. So they go out for some drinks. And um, Peggy's like, I got, I, not Peggy. Joan's like, I got to get going. I have, someone to, I have somewhere to be. She gives them all hugs. It's like, we tried. They, they kept toasting and drinking. They toasted to, um, to Cooper. And she gives them all hugs. And I just love the way she said to Roger, don't be a baby. Um, you know, and just gives them a hug. Like, uh, And then um, there's just three of them. Ted's like, I have someplace to be too, but one more round. Um, and then... Pete's like, I'll, I'll go home with you. So they, they took a taxi ride home together. And in the car, they just kind of have like a little heart-to-heart moment. And Joan's like, you know, they didn't even say a client for me. And Pete's like, no, I thought the pharmaceutical one. And um, and she's like, you could see she's like, they're never going to take me seriously over there. And Pete's like, well, first Pete says like, um, he goes, well, he goes, first for the first time ever, I think whatever's going to happen, happens. It's like, you can't, you can't, you can't fight it. You can't fight City Hall. And then um, she's like, they're not going to take me serious over there. And he, he looks at her, he looks, he's like, well, they, they, they're not, you know, uh, they don't know what they have or something like that. Like, um, they don't know what they're going to be messing with. Or, it was just, it was a nice little compliment. And you can see that helped, that made Joan feel a little better. Um, she had a little smile on her face. So then I guess Ted left at some point. Now there were only two hanging out at the bar. Um, Roger and Don, the two main mad men. Uh, And Roger's like, I promised God I'd start smoking if this worked out. He goes, I take that as a sign. And he lights up a cigarette. And they're talking a little bit about, um, you know, the work and how Don's like, in another world, I could have been your... um, your your cab driver. He's like, yeah, but you would have been sleeping with my grandmother. Or it could have been your chauffeur. He's like, yeah, but you would have been sleeping with my grandmother. And then I thought that was funny. And Roger opened up a bit about, like, this is the end of Sterling. Like, the Sterling name, everything. Because this was, you know, he, he goes, I'm a single. I was the only child, son of an only child, and I have an only daughter. And this Sterling Cooper was, like, the last kind of his, the last part of his name. And when that goes, that goes. Um... So you can see he opened up a little bit. That upset him. Um, but it, but the, the coolest part was he is about to um, leave and he says, I'm meeting someone. Oh, I forget what he's, I don't know if it was when he was talking about it. He goes, you know, you made a comment about um, uh, when I when I married my secretary and then you went and did the same thing. And he's like, I'm not judging. Oh, because he's going, I'm going to meet somebody. Oh, who? Marie. And Don's like, what? He goes, yeah. Um, he's like, it's Megan's mother. He goes, she's crazy. And he, he Don Roger doesn't care. Um, but he's like, he goes, what happens if Megan finds out? Oh, she already knows. He's like, huh? Like he didn't tell exactly why, but, 
I just thought that was a fun moment. Don's like, all right, I'm not judging. But the look on his face when he first saw that it was Marie was was like, he's like, are you kidding me? What is going on? Uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and it seems, you know, Don's had a lot to drink. He's had a rough day. And he goes to uh, the Diane, Diana's, Diana, Diane's. Uh, the waitress, he goes to her apartment and she's gone. she gone. And there's a couple of guys living there now. And they're like, do you want to come in for a drink? I think they found Don attractive. And Don just gave a little smirk. He's like, oh, have a good night. He goes, do, do you know where she is? Like, we just moved in. She left her furniture here, which means she left in a hurry, which means hopefully in a dream world means she went back to her family. That's my dream. I hope she didn't just move on to something else and try to get away from everyone else. That's my fear. But hopefully um, in some fan fiction world that she went back to her family. Um, back in the office the next day, uh, Don, not Don Draper, Don, the secretary, and the other uh, African-American girl, who I don't remember her name, uh, are talking. And they're talking about the move over. And they're like, do you need another office manager? And the other one was like, they don't know if they need another black girl. Like These are things that they're all worried about. And Meredith is right there. And she overhears them. And she's like, what are you talking about? She rushes into Don's office. She's like, what the hell is going on? He's like, can you get me an elk or seltzer? She's like, no. I want to know what's going on with McCann. Are you bringing me? He goes, I was going to tell you today. You can have, you can have an, um, um, a, you know, a work. You can have a job with me if you want to. Now, can you get me some elk or seltzer? And she's like, no. People are talking and, and things are going on. He's like, okay, get me Roger. And this is when the, uh, the meeting they bring everyone in to the big like open space and they're about to talk and this is kind of cool how this happened they say listen we're being acquired by um by McCann this is a good thing this is good news um you know he's trying to butter everyone up and then they just start talking and people start talking and then they get louder and louder and they're trying to control them and Don starts speaking up he's like listen this is you know this is really good news and people don't care they're doing their own lives and it's like you realize these these people these are the partners and they're important but they're not the they're not the people that make up all the work and these people have their own lives and their own conversations and the, you hear these these five people in the front talking or trying to talk or trying to get your attention and they're like oh my god my life all these things going on and people start talking people start moving around people start scrambling people start leaving going back to their office probably trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do next and uh and then it just the episode ends with the five partners upstairs just standing there by themselves. And, um, yeah, that's how the episode ends where it's like, huh, okay. They're going to tell everybody and then they're just left with just them. And that is the end of Time and Life. Episode 11 of Season 7 of Mad Men. Um, time and Life. You know, Time Life magazine, uh, Time and Life, that's obviously the play on words here and it's just like for us guys here for us guys here um for for what the hell does that mean for for these people in these episodes uh the characters time in life it's almost like this is a big moment a big moment in your life a big time in your life that's that's what i get out of it um you know so where do we leave things we leave things where sterling cooper is not going to be a name anymore it's not going to be a building anymore the people are going to be moving to mccann erickson and uh yeah which is kind of, isn't that what happened the first time around with McCann Erickson? Like Sterling Cooper, the original Sterling Cooper was acquired. So they went off and made Sterling Cooper Draper Price. And 
Now that got sold to McCann, and now they're doing it all over again. And this time there was no way out um, because they had ironclad contracts. I thought maybe they'd bring someone in to fire them again, which still is one of my favorite episodes when um, when um, Lane Price fires them and they all have this like scheme behind people's backs. It was like they were trying to do it again, but I loved that they were trying to do it again, but this time it didn't work. I don't know, something about that. Something about that makes it feel final, makes it feel like, you know, we are seeing the end. Because after today, my friends, there are only three episodes left. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's it's frightening. But um, the podcast will live on. Okay? So if you're subscribed to this podcast, my goal is the podcast will just live on as a new name, a new kind of branded uh, uh, podcast. I have a name idea picked out, and then I'm going to start a new show and do the same thing with a new show. So if you like Mad Men, if you love Mad Men, then, you know, we only got a few episodes left. But if for some reason you like me talking about TV shows, well, we might have years and years ahead of us. You know, it might be trapped in my home, uh, for the rest of eternity, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Uh, who knows what the future will bring? But um, at least you'll be—you'll get to hear my voice. Which really doesn't that make everything feel better, right? So, my friends, I want to thank you, and I want you to follow me on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at Geek Mentality. That's my pod, That's my Twitter account. Okay, that's going to be the Twitter account that I'm going to be talking about going forward. Uh, and, of, and of course, well, the website is fansnotexperts.com. And um, my friends, I think that's it. We have three episodes left where I am almost, I've almost been uh, made, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming along with me on this journey through the years through the seasons, through the episodes. We're not done yet, but we're almost there. But until then, I want to thank you for coming along with me on this journey as I strive to become a made man.